presented by Wells Fargo. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogu Munavalin. It's Monday, and today's show, the political calculus behind some tough decisions for Democrats. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. The drama surrounding Representative Lauren Boebert's Islamophobic comments about Representative Ilhan Omar is about to heat up this week. Sources tell us a group of Democrats is expected to push leadership to strip Boebert of her committee assignments or censure her. This comes after she joked about Omar, who is Muslim, being safe to ride with in an elevator because she wasn't wearing a backpack. Here's the thing, though. This is a messier situation for Democrats than their moves to punish Representatives Paul Gosar and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Unlike those two, Boebert issued a public apology and reached out to Omar's office to try to speak with her. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy even tried to play peacemaker, calling House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer personally this weekend and asking him to facilitate a meeting between the two women. Some Democrats, particularly allies of Omar, don't see Boebert's apology as authentic. Omar's office wouldn't say whether she will take Boebert up on her offer to meet, but... Other Democrats privately worry that if they punish a lawmaker who admits a mistake and tries to make amends, they'll be setting themselves up for similar treatment, or worse, under a future GOP majority. If Democrats don't lower the boom on Boebert, what message would it send to the Muslim community? But if they do, what message does that send to those who apologize for saying something wrong? Republicans have their own divide to navigate here, too. Taylor Greene took to Twitter to tweak Boebert over her apology, writing that, quote, the Jihad Squad are undeserving of one. The apparent split could complicate McCarthy's effort to calm the waters. Watch Boebert's rhetoric this week, too. We'll soon find out how sincere her apology was, particularly if she maintains her current posture amid Taylor Greene's criticism. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer hopes to pass the Build Back Better bill out of the Senate by Christmas Day. But it's not going to be easy. With only two weeks left before the scheduled holiday recess, the Senate calendar is going to be a cluster, you know. Here's a look at the to-do list. First up, the National Defense Authorization Act. Usually, it can take a couple weeks to clear the upper chamber, but Schumer is betting he can jam it through as soon as the middle of this week, according to his office. But Republicans could try to delay that timeline by demanding votes on dozens of amendments. Just before the Thanksgiving break, a bipartisan agreement to limit amendments and save time fell through. Next up, government funding. Funding runs dry on Friday, though no one expects a shutdown. With the new bipartisan appropriations agreement still a ways off, lawmakers will need to pass a stopgap. We're told Senate Democratic leaders are coalescing around a proposal to extend funding into late January or February, though some of their House counterparts were pushing for a much shorter time frame. Republicans, meanwhile, had been eyeing March, so there's still negotiations left here. Also, the debt ceiling. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says the government must raise the debt ceiling by December 15th to avoid a default. But Schumer and GOP leader Mitch McConnell remain at odds over how to do it. The pair met before Thanksgiving and seemed to strike an optimistic tone about reaching an accord. But the two still disagree over using reconciliation. McConnell insists Democrats should use the majority vote tool. Schumer thinks Republicans need to provide votes. And last but not least, the Build Back Better. Schumer still needs to work out a final BBB deal with Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And even after an agreement is struck, Republicans can still try to drag out passage by forcing a days-long voterama to amend the bill. Schumer's confident he can pull all of this off by December 25th per his office. No matter what, though, the Senate can expect late nights, lots of weekend work, and possibly canceled holiday plans. 
Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris will receive the president's daily brief. Afterward, Biden and Harris will receive a briefing on the Omicron coronavirus variant. At 11.45, Biden will deliver remarks on the Omicron variant. At 2 p.m., Biden will meet with CEOs of companies in a variety of sectors to discuss the holiday shopping season and the supply chain. At 3.45, Biden will deliver remarks on the supply chain. Press Secretary Jinsaki will brief at 1 p.m. The Senate will meet at 3 p.m. to take up the National Defense Authorization Act with potential cloture votes at 5.30. The House is out today. All right, that's all I've got for you today. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munaval and have a great week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Wells Fargo is investing in hope and helping small businesses thrive. As part of their Open for Business Fund's roughly $420 million initiative, they're dedicating grants to nonprofits to help small businesses build equity in things such as storefront property, technology, equipment, and more, leading to a brighter future. Together, we can all bring hope to our communities. Learn more at wellsfargo.com impact.